0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: If there was an MVP from last night's game, it wouldn't be just a singular player. It would be the entire bullpen collectively. We'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds.
0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker. We are back together again in what feels like forever, and we're talking Reds baseball with you because we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you collectively we've podcasted together about the Cincinnati Reds for on our second season uh apart, we've podcasted about the Reds for what feels like an eternity because well this is the first year that they've been this interesting and it's been so much fun they're only a game out of the playoffs gotta love right now what's going on with the Cincinnati Reds thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you as this team rolls along in the playoff hunt We will be with you every step of the way. If you're listening, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure you drop a thought down in our comments section. Let us know if you're an everyday or let us know what your thoughts are about the Cincinnati Reds. Coming up on today's show, we're going to look at why the bullpen was the star of last night's win. And really... It's a theme that has played out many times this season. Also, we're going to look at how the reds got their runs because it was the way that they used to do it before all the kids came up and, and, and really how it worked out early on in the season, a little bit of a throwback there. And then at the final uh, bit of the podcast, we'll be focused on some scoreboard watching because it was a good night. To win a ball game for your Cincinnati Reds. But, Steve, where we're going to start is how they won that game. And the biggest culprit, the biggest hero, really, for the game was collectively the Reds bullpen.
1: Yeah. And I want to just start off by saying this is not to bash on what Brandon Williamson did. I know if you just look at his line, he went four innings, he allowed five runs. Uh, But it was death by a thousand cuts for Brandon Williamson out there on the mound. You just have to go back to that first inning and watch all of those dinks and dunks even the home run was off of the end of the bat, and somehow miraculously found its way into the Tigers' bullpen for a home run. So uh, Williamson wasn't as bad as the line score would indicate. I'm not surprised that he that he struggled a little bit coming off of COVID and being a little bit rusty, but the bullpen stepped up once again in a big, big. Big way. We're talking Fernando Cruz. We're talking Duarte. We're talking Lucas Sims. We're talking Ian Jabot. We're talking Alexis Diaz. And because it went extras, we're talking Buck Farmer as well.
0: Buck, yeah. Absolutely beautiful performance by that cast of characters. Six innings of shutout ball. They allowed two base runners, both of them singles. Let's just for a moment stop and consider that for six innings. The Reds bullpen was out on the mound for six innings. Guys like Cruz, Duarte, Sims, Jabot, Diaz, and Farmer pitched not one walk. Huh? That, re, really? Uh, that, that's how you win a ball game. And and what have we said multiple different times? Like it feels like Reds relief pitchers have some sort of obligatory leadoff walk forget about any walks at all leadoff walks they didn't have any walks in this game seven strikeouts it was a beautiful performance by everybody that came in and you love to see Cruz I mean he's still pretty much fresh off the COVID list he he went through the whole COVID outbreak that the team endured and just the way that this bullpen has seemingly been overused time and time again. They're fifth in the major leagues in innings pitched, but they continue to get the job done. I saw, uh, you know, Matt Wilkes over at reds content plus tweeted out their bullpen has pitched 16 and a third scoreless innings over the last three games. Last time they allowed a run Steve Friday night in the eighth inning. I mean, that's pretty good for a unit that as we have said multiple times, doesn't really have that star power outside of Alexis Diaz.
1: Well, and, and they've been good all season. If you want to look at a, a, a good view of how they've performed on the year, just look at their war. On the season, Fangraphs has the Reds bullpen as fifth in all of baseball in war. That's fifth in all of baseball, all of yeah. Major League Baseball, 5.3 war, which is just 0.1 war below the Atlanta Braves. So th- this bullpen, this bullpen that we have at times – badgered and at times have just run into the ground uh with our words and david bell has run into the ground with his motion to the bullpen Uh, this bullpen continues to respond and continues to get the job done and if you objectively take a step back and look at the whole season's numbers they've been consistently good all year
0: long and Bullpen pitchers, I kind of feel like if if you want to do like a cross sport reference, they feel like you know the kickers of the NFL. They're only good until they're bad, and when they're bad, they're all the way bad. And everybody complains about them when they blow a game. But I think we need to look at all of the games that they've really won for the Reds, and this was just another example of it. And you mentioned, you know you know, Williamson and the circumstances surrounding this being his first start in about two weeks and things like that. So yes, there was some rust there. I had mentioned coming into this series, the Reds pitching really needs to pick up the slack here because this Tigers lineup is not good. And you're right. One of the biggest reasons he kept allowing runs was it was a single here. It was a bloop that fell into no man's land there. It was a bunch of stuff that really early on in this game, if it was any other team, I would have thought this just isn't the reds night because the ball is falling the other team's way every chance they got. But the reds, as we'll talk about here in a few minutes, were able to capitalize on some bad fielding. They were able to capitalize on a bunch of different things that the tigers weren't doing well on the defensive side of the ball. So overall, this was a game that it was all about that bullpen and It's even one of those, and I don't even know that you need to harp too much on how the bullpen was used. It wasn't like a, you know, oh, did David Bell really pull the right strings here in this case? It was just we got to fill a bunch of innings and then going to extra innings on top of that, and it was just who do we got that's ready to go? I mean, Lucas Sims came into this game in like the fifth or what was it, sixth inning. That's not when he should be coming in. It should be much later, but the way that he pitched and the guys that he faced in that Tigers lineup was so key at that time.
1: And, you know, and we're going to talk about later just how important it is that the Reds continue to win these baseball games. So on one hand, yes. you have a little concern of, of using this many relief pitchers on the first game of this series. I hope that uh, Connor Phillips, who's going today – can go a little bit deeper into the game than he did last time and allow a little bit less as far as run scored than he did last time to really eat some innings and not have to go to this bullpen again because uh, this was it was a Herculean effort for them to come in and keep the Reds in this game, shut everything down, and allow the Reds to ultimately pull out a win. Uh, you can't count on that every single night. You'll, you'll run their arms off. They'll, they'll fall off onto the field. So uh, we need a good game from Connor Phillips. I, I think it's critical – for the Reds to be able to continue to climb and claw their way back in the standings for Connor Phillips to ha- pitch the game of his life today.
0: Really is an important thing. And I also think because I, I, I figured at some point we would see TJ Antone in this game, but I think David Bell leaving him out of this mm-hmm. is the insurance for Connor Phillips. We saw a very, very good outing from TJ Antone in the opener role last week. So I wonder if it's a, th- If it's a situation where David Bell's like, we don't necessarily need another guy to just go one innings. We need like a two or three inning fireman type guy. And T.J. Antone, maybe he's becoming that. Maybe that's what he is saving him for through this game. So I'm not necessarily that bothered by the usage of the bullpen. I just know that they were the MVP last night, and that's the reason that the Reds got that win.
1: Absolutely. But listen, the Reds offense scored their runs last night, Jeff, the old fashioned way. And what I mean by that is they got them on, they got them over, they got them in like they did earlier in the season before all the kids showed up and started playing uh, crazy baseball. Uh, we're going to talk about the Reds offensive performance and how they got the job done coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I used Sunday Ticket on YouTube TV just this last Sunday. It's great. Uh, it's great. It's a Easy to use. You can watch four games at once. Good time over there. And that's brought to you $100 off courtesy of FanDuel. Uh, Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props to money lines and more. Uh, The total for tonight's game over under run scored. Reds Tigers is eight. Uh, That's with Connor Phillips facing the Tigers eight. Eduardo Rodriguez Seems a little low. I don't know what I would do here. You know, Jeff will always tell you to take the over. I'm not so sure that's the way to go today. I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't. Uh, but if you think you know something they don't, head to FanDuel.com slash on right now. Uh, you can bet on baseball. You can bet on football. And to kick off the NFL season, they've got this offer that you definitely do not want to miss betting $5 to get $200 back in bonus bets. Head to fanduel.com slash locked on right now to get started over at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Don't forget that if you can't be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Uh, Coming up on our next episode, we're going to be talking about Connor Phillips' start, I hope. It's good news. I hope we're talking about a six or seven inning performance. I'm really pulling for this guy. I had a great time talking to him. If you haven't checked out that interview, jump into the archives of lefty in the bullpen on the locked on reg channel here on YouTube. Uh, we had a lengthy conversation, Connor, and I did, and and he was very open and talked about a lot of things. It's a really good conversation. If you missed it, get in there and give it a listen. Uh, you'll learn a lot about this picture. Uh, Check it out for us. Uh, thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Every day, every dayers, get into the comment section. Tell us what you think about what the Reds are doing right now. Hit us up on Twitter. We want to talk baseball with you. All right, Jeff, I think you and I separately arrived at the same conclusion, and that is that the theme of this ballgame was death by a thousand cuts. Uh, yeah. Brandon Williamson suffered death by a thousand cuts in the first inning. The Tigers suffered death by a thousand cuts as the Reds scrapped their way back into it and ultimately win this baseball game in extra innings. It was all just dinks and dunks and bloops and singles and move runners over and get them in and poor fielding performances and errors and balls just out of reach. All of that old school baseball stuff.
0: Yeah. It was something that uh, it felt like, A hearkening back to before Matt McClain was called up, before Ellie De La Cruz was called up, because we said this early on in the season. We're like, this is how the Reds will score with timely hitting and good base running. And that's what this was. I mean, there's no real power to speak of. The Reds had two doubles. Really, the only legitimate double there was Nixon Zell. And I, I say that because Nixon Zell actually laced one down the line. Harrison Bader got credited for a double that was a bloop. That the second baseman, Andy Ibanez, tried to make like this amazing sliding grab that would have been a web gym, would have been a top play. And instead it turned into a not top 10, a, a, a bad gym, if you would, because it hit off his glove, hit off him and rolled into no man's land because the right fielder had also tried to run in and grab it. So he got a double and uh, both Joey Votto, who was on second and Ellie De La Cruz, who was on first, came around to score. And I, I, I mentioned how improbable it is to think that Ellie De La Cruz scored on a bloop. But there were some mitigating circumstances there that kind of led to that. But it's, it's just crazy. Like, this was how the Reds won this game. There was no home runs by the Reds. And, there, and outside of those two extra base hits, that's it. I mean, it was um, just the kind of game, and especially you add in the fact that that the lineup went dormant for like five innings. You're like, man, this was, I'm glad they pulled this one out because at the end of the day, we were ready to kind of tear into a move that the Reds did not make early on. Yeah. And, and,
1: and, you know, with the Tigers pitching, the Tigers pitching of late has been pretty good. So the fact that they were uh, semi-owning the Reds lineup in part of this game, it didn't shock me. I mean, I didn't love it, but it didn't shock me. Uh, there were there were some good things in spite of of them not hitting for power, not doing these things. That, that double you're talking about with Nick Senzel, um, it probably could have been a triple. Uh, he was robbed probably of a total base there by the quirky of the confines <laughs> of Comerica Field for sure. Um, but it was nice to see Senzel running the base without difficulty after what, at least on the replay, looked like uh, a lot of pain in his knee. I'm not sure if it wasn't maybe a soccer oh, flop was he was doing on that play or not, but um, think he was it was good to see, to see turn that Senzel back was okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's it at least at least Senzel was okay. Um, so he he managed to like to leg that thing out. Had a couple hits on the night. Uh, for me these Reds with their continued no quit, their continued never really being out of a game. It's, it's nice to be able to watch this brand of baseball. Uh, you know, they're going to score some runs in some games by home runs, some runs in some games the old-fashioned way, small ball style, but they're never really out of a game. And I think that's the if, – if I had to identify, like, the one quality about this team this year, the one thing that I would point to to say – is what makes this team so special. It's their inability to quit. They have no quit in them at any point, whether they're down by a run, whether they're up by four runs, or whether they're down by six runs.
0: There's no quit there. No, and I'm glad you said that because it segues nicely into Tyler Stevenson. You know, Tyler he had an RBI single in this game, and you talk about never quitting. Like, he has had a rough year. Up mm-hmm. until the month of August, really, it's been kind of like, Okay, what is the future like with Tyler Stevenson behind the plate? But his hotness continues in this one with an RBI single there. Amazing work by him. His last 20 games coming into Tuesday night. Dude slashing 346, 382, 635 slugging. 635 slugging, not his OPS. That's just a slugging. He has looked so much better at the plate here recently, and I'm very happy to see that. Did
1: you just say his hotness continues? His did hotness your wife continues? write this did your wife write this <laughs> copy is this is this Hannah Carr's copy no, is Liz that what we're reading push. right now <laughs> <She> <laughs> <would have laughs> no you're no listen you're absolutely right I mean you and I both have been scratching our heads all season long trying to figure out exactly what's wrong with Tyler Stevenson uh, if we you recall way back with Steve's hot takes of the beginning of the season, <laughs> You know, I thought there was an outside chance he could top 30 home runs and maybe get to 40 uh, with, you know, not playing catcher every day with rested legs, all of the things that we talked about. And it just never materialized. He never really settled in. So, uh, you know, you and I did an episode, I think maybe two or three weeks back where we talked about if there was a time for Tyler to get hot and figure it out, if the Reds needed him it's now it's right now and, and and he's doing it um you know he's providing spark in the lower third of this lineup where it's really needed right now and you know he is definitely you know he's not the main driver he's not the main you know engine in the thing that makes this lineup go but he's definitely a valuable piece hitting down there seven eight if he continues to play like this
0: yeah and he doesn't have to be like i think at the beginning of the season, we were saying things like, yes, he's the cleanup hitter. He's the engine that makes this lineup go, like all this other stuff. And you would have shocked both of us if you said the Reds are going to be really good and he's not even going to be that big of a factor in the lineup. And now we see it and it's like, yes, you just need to be that dude that anchors the bottom third of the lineup. And that's kind of how he's how he's been playing here recently. Speaking of the bottom third of the lineup, and we don't have this in the notes, but Ellie batted seventh in this game. He ended a slump. He did get a single up the middle, very solid uh, line drive that he hit up the middle. And just overall, I'm very glad that David Bell moved him down because here's the thing with Ellie Ellie's not a guy that I want to take out of the lineup. I don't understand anybody that's saying you need to send him down, which, by the way, the minor league season's over. You can't do that anymore. Uh, or, Or, you know, you need to bench him or something like that because. He has plays like when he scored on the bloop where he can affect the game from all kinds of different ways, whether it's with his arm, with his glove, with his legs, sometimes with his bat as well. And once that bat comes around and begins to be that consistent weapon that we thought it could be early on in this season, then you're talking about a top, top player in this league. It's just right now he's really struggling and going through, you know, I mean, this is now his second slump of the season, but again, dude's 21, 21 year old rookie. If he can affect the game in some kind of way, I definitely want him in the lineup, but I would like to see him lower in the lineup. What David Bell had him, you know, last night batting seventh, you know, so
1: that's the lowest he's batted in the lineup since he was called up from triple a, um, I agree with you. Uh, I think it'll do him some good hitting down there. I did have one problem with it. Uh, if you're going to move Ellie down there, don't bat Tyler Stevenson in front of him. You need, yes. to, you need to flip him because uh, you've got a really slow guy, a really slow guy running in front of the fastest dude on your team. So flip them a little bit and allow Stevenson to drive in Ellie versus Ellie being clogged on the bases behind Stevenson. That was really my only complaint about how he did that. Uh, Other than that, yeah, move him down, let him get comfortable, let him figure it out, and then he can move back up next season.
0: Well, there were even two cases where Joey Votto was on first base whenever Ellie came up, too, and that's like one of those things where you're thinking, yes, so there's actually a guy, there's like a pace car that's in front of him that if he hits the ball and puts it in play, he's not going to be able to go full speed just yet. Got to make sure the pace car gets out of the way there for him. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting dynamic as you do move him down in the lineup. Just hopefully it does take some pressure off of him. Are, are you
1: accusing this, Joseph Daniel Votto of being slow? Is that, that what means. you're trying to say right now? Hashtag Fair. Jeff Hates 90, Joey Votto. That's, 99 that's we finally,
0: of the we world finally, is slower than we have, Ellie De La Cruz.
1: <laughs> we have finally arrived at hashtag Jeff H. Joey Votto. 99% it's, it's, of the
0: world is slower than Ellie De La Cruz. That's not saying anything. I'm not saying anything there. <laughs> but, one, I mean, that's just – it's. The old way of scoring, the old way of winning, that's what the Reds did. Um, Real real briefly, I just want to touch on this because it was something that I noticed. And David Bell has managed most of this season, like it's Game 7 of the World Series, especially with the bullpen, especially with the pitching staff. He's had to. It's been a patchwork there. But he loves his matchups when it comes to hitting and pitching. So why in the third inning with bases loaded and two outs and the Tigers going to their bullpen, bring in a right-handed pitcher, why did Nixon Zell stay in that game? You had Will Benson on the bench. You had Nick Martini on the bench. That is where you bring those guys in if you're David Bell. I don't understand that. I I think
1: his answer, if if we could ask him directly, I think his answer would have something to do with who's going to play third base at that point. But we see later that Noel V. Marte could enter the game as a runner. So if he could run, can he play third base? Is he not able to hit? What's the what's the what's the situation? Right, he played defense, he ran the bases. So are we saying he couldn't bat? Like what's the what's the issue there? uh, For me, Uh, I think you're probably right. Um, He probably should have made a move
0: but they also had Spencer Steer in right field. Like he was actually technically out of position there in right field, but I don't know. There was some weirdness going on there with that. I thought it was strange. he left him in. It's very clear to me. And I wrote down a bunch of numbers. We're not going to go through them, but Nixon's okay. Can't hit righties. He just can't. The numbers say that he can't. So if you're going to be matchup guy, if you're going to be playing the righty lefty stuff, you can't pick that moment because sure. The reds were up five to three at that point, And some people were like, well, it's kind of early to be playing the matchups. No, they lost the lead later on in that game. And they went through a dry spell of like, I think it was like 14 consecutive batters were retired by Tigers pitching. Like that's where you keep the foot on the gas. I don't know that that, I'm glad that it did not become the thing that I thought it was going to be because as the innings went along, I was just, it it was like just grinding at me. And I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't they pinch it there? Anyway, had to get that off my chest. <clears throat> I'll tell you this though, Steve, with the Reds in the hunt for that wild card spot that we're so happy about that win last night, we got to take a look at how the competition fared on Tuesday night. That's coming up next. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may even cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate for you. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message anytime for answers to treatment related questions. Whenever you need it, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace medical offers the Jace case save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com thanks as always for making lockdown reds your first listen every day remember if you can't be down at the ballpark you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown podcast with sirius xm just download the sxm app and search the word reds and also make sure that you follow us in between episodes. Always talking Reds over on Twitter. And you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. Also encourage you join the Locked On Reds Discord page. We've got the link down in the in the description of today's episode. A lot of great folks talking Reds baseball all day every day. Uh, talking a little bit of Bengals, a little bit of everything going on there. Some gaming. Check it out today. Uh, that's the Locked On Reds Discord page. All right, Steve. Uh, very good night for the reds to win because the reds won and everyone in front of them lost including the phillies i don't know that the reds really catch the phillies but still i mean they lost too. phillies lost cubs lost diamondbacks lost marlins lost giants lost and the reds are one game out of the wild card Yeah,
1: let's break down the situation. Uh, and I include the Brewers here just because they're leading the division, but, uh, that's, that's not gonna happen. Uh, Brewers beat the Marlins three to one. They are. The, the Brewers are now, they have a three and a half lead, game lead on the Cubs in the division, seven game lead on the Reds in the National League Central. The Marlins are now a half game back of the Reds in the wild card standings, so they trailed the final wild card spot by a game and a half. Uh, the Cubs—they lost to the Rockies six to four. Way to go, Colorado! Uh, the Cubs have the second wild card spot right now. They're plus two point five. So the way you got to look at that standings is—you uh, look at where the Reds are. You look at the plus two point five. That basically means the Reds are three and a half games from the second wild card spot. I don't know if the Reds are going to catch that or not. It's doable. It could absolutely happen. Uh, they're two and a half games up on the Diamondbacks, who currently hold that final spot. The Diamondbacks lost, though, Jeff them to the Mets seven to four. They're now just one game ahead of the Reds for the final wild card spot because the Giants right before we sat down to record, the Giants lost to the Guardians three to one. They now trail the Reds by a half a game. They're a game and a half out of the final wild card spot. It is a tight competition with a lot of good baseball teams scrapping their way to this final wild card spot. Here's the bottom line. That's a lot of numbers. That's a lot of teams that we're watching. A lot of stuff has to happen. But the thing that has to happen the most, Jeff, is the Reds have to win baseball games. Uh, you talked about this when you were solo earlier. I think they've got to go thirteen and four over mm. the final seventeen games to ensure a wild card spot, whether that's the second spot or the third spot. Thirteen and four gets it done for sure. They're one and zero oh right now.
0: Thirteen and four would definitely be like. Yeah, they control their own destiny. We're not that worried about what everyone else is doing. Um, I I said eleven and six. I think part of that still does factor in uh, some help from you know outside sources. The interesting thing about catching the Cubs is that the Cubs and Diamondbacks still have another series to play against each other. So in those games, whoever wins and whoever loses, it kind of hurts the Reds a little bit. And I think we're Uh just hoping on them just, you know, keeping on like splitting and beating each other up a little bit. And all the while the Reds just keep on winning. But I, I really think that the Reds definitely, as far as teams ahead of them, in order of importance for them to lose, the Reds really need the Diamondbacks and the Giants to lose the most. And then the Cubs and the Marlins, they own the tiebreaker with both those teams, but I don't necessarily think of the Marlins the same way as I think of the Giants and the Diamondbacks. Like, with the Diamondbacks being a little bit ahead of the Reds and the Giants owning the tiebreaker against the Reds, then they've really got to kind of go on a little bit of a losing streak. I think it'd be a very good time of year for them to do that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree for sure. Especially, you know, with the Giants, we don't want we don't want them to remain relevant. They they can go away, uh, and and holding the the tiebreaker is is a problem. Uh, I think that in this scenario, I want the Reds to play their way into a position where they don't need a lot of help. Uh, you talk about hoping yeah. these other teams split from each other. I, I went with thirteen and four on it because I feel like that's a control your own destiny number. I think you're absolutely yeah. right when you phrased it that way. Uh, does 12 and five get it done? Does 12 and five get them the final wild card spot? Probably, probably. Uh, does, does 11 and six? No, they're going to need help. So I, you know, I, I, I figure with the 17 games left, the amount of series remaining, they don't have to sweep everybody, but they need to win every series remaining on the schedule to get it done and control their own destiny. I think that puts them at about 13 and four. And I think they can make it happen.
0: It'll be interesting to see moving forward, especially today's games like diamondbacks have Zach Gallen pitching. The giants have uh, Kyle Harrison going up against the guardians. Uh, A couple of decent pitchers for both sides there. Um, Really, the Rockies beating the Cubs last night was a surprise. I mean, the Rockies beating anybody at this stage is kind of a surprise, but um, we'll take that all day long. And then the Brewers have an interesting pitching matchup where the Marlins have one of their rookie hurlers and Braxton Garrett going, and the Brewers have Trevor McGill who I think is just filling a spot for injury or something like that. So um, not necessarily the kind of matchup that we liked that they had yesterday and Brandon Woodruff on the mound. But, yeah, at this point, we're kind of rooting for the Brewers because they need to knock out these other teams for us since the Reds aren't playing the Marlins or the Diamondbacks or the Giants anymore. We're we're all done with those teams. And I, I think, to your point about the 13-4, and four, the 12-5, and five, the 11-6, and six and all this different stuff, like – the Reds have an opportunity. Like, if, if they can sweep the Tigers, which, look, the play that we saw from the Tigers, I know that they scored five runs, but it felt like that's their ceiling. It felt mm-hmm. like that's what we can expect the Reds to have to deal with. I mean, the Reds struck out Miguel Cabrera with not their best pitchers on the mound. Uh, they struck him out three times in that game. And Spencer Torkelson just doesn't seem to be the threat and I'm sure he's going to uncork a home run right now um, as I speak, but as I'm saying this, but I just I don't worry about that lineup so much. I think the Reds can kind of get over on them, and then they're fielding. Like, there were some weird things that the Tigers were doing. I think the Reds should be able to take advantage of that here, and if they get a sweep, if they come out of Detroit 3-0, and and then you're only talking about, remaining 14 games and you got to go so whatever that would be 10 and 10, 4, 10 and 4. Yep. then that's super doable mm-hmm no, no for we're sure. doing and weird math here tonight. We
1: are. So that, that's <laughs> that's enough of the weird math. Here, here's, here's the deal. The Reds need to win baseball games, and if they do, they have a good shot at making the postseason. The postseason, folks. We're talking about Cincinnati Reds postseason baseball right now. And on that happy note, we're going to get out of here. But before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds.
0: That'll wrap us up for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. We're going to dissect the second career start for Connor Phillips as he goes up against the Detroit Tigers. Big opportunity here. I think we might see a nice day for Connor Phillips. But until then, Steve, what can people expect from you and me?
1: We're going to keep watching these scoreboards. We're going to keep doing the weird math. We're going to keep looking ahead at the matchups and the predictions. We're going to gather it all up. We're going to bring it right back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.
0: To be fair, whenever I do math, it's always weird. Well, You're a weird kind of guy. Hey, Prime members.